0: I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Spandrew Spice. Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty gritty so that you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is Shen Yun, the dancing cult. What is Shen Yun? Well, it's a dance troupe committed to spreading knowledge and appreciation of Chinese culture throughout the United States and the world. They're known for ubiquitous ads, brightly colored regalia, and also their connections to the Falun Gong, a shadowy cult of mainland Chinese expats living on a massive plot of land outside New York. Oh, and they low-key were instrumental in Trump's America coming into being. A study in grace, wisdom, and virtues distilled from five millennia of grifters. The art of movement is quite possibly the most human of arts. It utilizes the human body as a canvas for expression, communication, and artistic immortality. It's also a way to keep fit. You know, drop a few pounds in a Zumba class or two. But the level of dance that we're discussing on today's episode is something else. It's the type of dance that shifts perceptions, that alters the way we think, that can convince us that our political perceptions are false, or at least it aspires to that. Well, that and a shitload of billboards. Uh, Mr. Spice, Mr. Spandy Spandy Spice. Have you ever seen a Shen Yun billboard before? Um, I I I don't think
1: I've ever seen one in person. I've definitely seen I've definitely seen them on the internet. Like I've seen pictures of them, and I've I've read stories about them. Uh, you know, prior prior to doing
0: research for this episode, uh, but I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. There's one that's like on the 110 coming into downtown. So whenever. My partner and I go visit her brother when we come back into L.A. on the 110. There's one right there. And every time I point it out and I'm like, Shenyun, Yun, they're crazy. They're crazy. Look at those guys. Shenyun. it's a cult. It's a cult. That's crazy. I can't believe they're just allowed to advertise. Yeah. I mean, that's that's while I have not seen that specific
1: one, I do find it very kind of creepy and surreal whenever you do kind of like run into like something that you just know is a cult in the wild um I, I i can't think of the name of it but there's there's this this chain of coffee shops that's owned by like a cult and i and I, i'm just this is like a totally this is a terrible example because i can't remember the name of it but there's a there's a chain of coffee shops that's owned by a cult and you can just go to the coffee shop they have a couple of them i think they're in the california area like i want to say in like a, like an ohi type place and i've seen those And it is, it's just, it's bizarre when you, when you've like read about it and you know what it is and you see it and you're just like, oh yeah, like this just feels like something that would, you read about that like was happening in the 1970s. But there, but, but there's just like, it's still happening now.
0: It was, it's also weird how it felt like there was a time on the internet where they, the, the like Shen Yun billboard memes were not there, and then the next day, every meme was a Shen Yun billboard meme. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that, and that's that's where I've like seen that. By the way, just really quick, so they're called. It's called the Yellow Deli. It's not like a coffee shop. It's actually like a little deli. It's like a little restaurant chain, and it's owned by a cult called the Twelve Tribes. They're 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 like a Christian doomsday
0: cult, and. Yeah, the 12 tribes. That's weird. Yeah, I never I didn't I don't know about that one. And I I honestly I didn't even really know what Shen Yun, I didn't know what Shenyun was really before those memes started happening. And I I only kind of knew the basics before going into the research for this episode. It was just kind of Oh yeah, they're like a cult and they have like a dance program or something. I don't know. Like the the memes are just were just so omnipresent you like couldn't escape it. Um Yeah, I don't want to I don't
1: want to give too much we're going to talk about this later in the episode, so I don't want to give too many spoilers away. But I was aware of Shenyun after doing a deep dive on the Epic Times, which is a, a newspaper which we're going to talk about later. Um, but finding out the ties and the history behind the Epic Times and how it was started and why it was started and how it has a relationship with with this it w- was bizarre to find out, and we'll 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 talk about that uh, later in the episode.
0: Shen Yun was founded in 2006 by Chinese expatriates and members of the Falun Gong cult. They reside on the Dragon Springs compound in Deer Park, New York, northwest of New York City. Falun Gong founder Li Hongzhi established both the cult and the definitely not supervillain lair. Li Hongzhi was born on July 7, 1952. Li Hongzhi's personal biography differs wildly depending on who's telling the story. There's the more than likely unreliable version that the Chinese government has released, and then there's the hagiography, which is undoubtedly equally as unreliable that the Falun Gong has released. Multiple biographies released by the Falun Gong have stated that he was born in the town of Gongjiling in the Jiling province. In one account, it's stated that he was born into a lower class and a deeply impoverished family. In an alternate version, his family's history says that they were referred to as ordinary intellectuals. All right. Here's a here's a photo. Here's our first photo of uh our boy Lee Hong What do you what do you think? What's uh, what's 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 this guy? What's what are his vibes?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean this is this is kind of an an unassuming photo. Um, unlike previous cult episodes that we've covered, you know, we talked about the um the fuck. I'm bl- drawing a blank on the. The Japanese death cult. The name of the da- Japanese death cult. Um,
0: well, the, I can't think of it either off the top of my head. So don't even let's just, just say the Japanese death cult that like <laughs> did that terrorist attack in Tokyo in the nineties. It's it's uh, Shinrikyo.
1: I knew. Sometimes you can sometimes you can jiggle it loose by starting to Google it, and for some reason that makes you remember. Um, unlike Am Shinrikyo, where you look at the pictures of uh, um, the the. <laughs> The, the leader of that, which I'm, which I'm once again forgetting, Shoka Asahara. Shoka Asahara. Um, unlike unlike that guy, where you see the early pictures of it, and you're just like, yeah, this this dude is a cult leader. Uh, this guy looks like he just looks like a dad, but he, I mean, he's wearing like this traditional sort of like I don't know what the terminology for this sort of Chinese garb is, but he's he's sitting on a rock and he's sort of like doing this meditative stance um and he's got this sort of traditional chinese garb
0: on but aside from that he just kind of looks like a like a dad yeah he gives um post midlife crisis chai fat who used to be a car salesman but has now pivoted into being a cult leader vibes
1: yeah yeah definitely like used car salesman who like on the weekends practices transcendental med- meditation to to manage, to like manage his anxiety of having to meet his quotas <laughs> yeah yeah totally He's like they're, 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 they're t- they 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 tell me I gotta sell a car a day. It's impossible. I try. I get these people on there. I t- I sell them on. I tell them about this five CD changer. They don't care. They, the the five CD changers. Nobody wants them anymore. Now we people are st- people are starting to. They just want to go back to the basics. They like the little thing where you put the the tape into the deck and then you have the little CD player and you plug it into that nobody wants the 5 CD changer anymore because you have to go into the trunk and put them in there you have to stop your car every time you want to change CDs it's impractical I can't sell these 5, five CD changers anymore <sighs> calm down man all right just meditate just meditate just meditate
0: mm, mm, I think I'm gonna start a cult mm.
1: I mean and honestly that, that that's that's most of these cults like that's literally what it is it's just like they just have a breaking point like that and then they just start a cult like where where is, where is you or you or i in a moment like that we we're just like ah I'm just going to take a nap and start start tomorrow over again this guy's like i'm going to take a nap and file a
0: llc uh business license for a cult the one aspect that both official biographies can agree on is that he was ostensibly a spiritual warrior from birth. Supposedly, at the age of four, he trained with Quan Ju'e, the tenth heir of the Great Law of Buddha School, and by eight, he had acquired the superb Great Law with supernatural powers, including invisibility and levitation. So, you buying that? You think you think both official biographies got that right? You think this guy can turn invisible? I mean, if I mean they both they both said it. It's like how how
1: could it be? How could it not be true? I although although that's kind of funny though that there's cuz it's like the obviously the the Falun Gong biography is like propping this guy up as this like spiritual leader and the biography of him from the Chinese government is sort of like demonizing the cult cuz you know as this is getting ahead of things a little bit but like they the Chinese government and this and the Falun Gong did not get along very well but I like that even in their version of
0: it, they're like, yeah, he could turn invisible, though. I think that's, I think that's more – I don't think the Chinese government is saying he could turn invisible. I think there were two different biographies published by the Falun Gong, which they both said that he could turn invisible in there. But I love the idea that the Chinese government was like, yeah, he could turn invisible. Like, listen. He's a he's a he's a menace to society.
1: He's a total. Sh- he's a he's a sham. He's misleading many people a- away from the the uh, the ideals of of communism. Uh, but also, um, you know, to be fair to him, he. He could sneak—he could, like, go and sneak into a candy store and, like, take whatever he wanted. Like like that—like that—if you want to do pros and cons.
0: Yeah, yeah. More spiritual study and Gennaro religious character-style situations are proclaimed, which ultimately lead to the weird part of most religious figures. They just skip from ages 8 to 30. In 1982, Li moved to the city of Changchun, where he gained civil employment, whatever that means. This also implies that he served in the military previously— At some point in the 80s, Lee had a daughter, married, and began living a quotidian life. Two years later, in 1984... He began writing what would be known as the Falun Dafa, the holy text of the Falun Gong. He supposedly worked on it until 1989, taking aspects of the religious training he had gained throughout his life and synthesizing them into a new system influenced by Taoism and Buddhism. He began finalizing this system for spiritual enlightenment by testing it on small groups of students, and by 1992, it was ready for the big show. And this is where things really take off. But before we dive into it, let's examine the Chinese Communist Party that Li spent his formative years under. Born in 1951 or 52, his parents divorced while he was a toddler. He remained in the custody of his mother. In 1955, he relocated to Changchun. He did not attend Buddhist workshops, but instead attended standard primary school education. He did not attend high school, but ultimately got a Chinese equivalent of a GED during the 1980s, when he would have been in his 30s. Imagine, imagine, just just paint
1: For yourself in your mind palace the guy that you knew in high school who and i know that this guy exists i know that you met this guy i i'm gonna tell the story knowing with full confidence that it's i'm gonna be referring to a specific person that you've known but imagine the guy who in high school maybe sophomore year was like bro like high school is a fucking scam man Like you can just drop out and get your GED and like it doesn't even look different on job applications. Like they can't tell the difference between a GED and a real high school diploma. So I'm dropping out and I'm just going to get my GED. And then you never saw that person again. Or you maybe did because you were friends with them and sometimes you would like meet up with them and they would just be like hanging out at their house, like having the time of their fucking life. They just dropped out of school and they're just doing nothing. Imagine that guy. And then think about him starting a cult and leading and shaping the minds
0: of thousands of people into his philosophies. Chinese government documents repeatedly state what an unremarkable student Li was, and that his only extraordinary skill was that he played the trumpet recreationally. And you know that guy, that guy played the trumpet. You know that that guy played the trumpet. That guy totally, and he was like, he tried to start a ska band with like everybody literally like i don't know about you but this
1: is literally a guy this is literally i was a, it was a trombone but it was this is literally a guy and he's also somebody that i feel like would try to start a cult we
0: all know this guy we all know this guy we we all 100% know this guy after school he held a quote series of unremarkable jobs some of them included working at an army horse farm being a trumpet player for the local police department and a clerk at an oil procurement company. Li Hongzhi published the Falun Dafa, or The Great Law of the Wheel of Dharma, on May 13th, 1992, his 41st birthday. First of all, two things. First of all,
1: I really just have to go back to this and really hit on this again, that everything you just said is just literally like, it's spot on with what I was talking about. It's that guy. And I really just have to hammer in that like the difference between that weird shitty guy that you knew in high school and a cult leader is just like five percent more confidence. Like we're every day we are on the verge of a new cult starting if like that guy just gets one extra pep talk. All those all those Freds, if they rise up, we are so fucked. I mean, there, and there's there's so many of them. And all they all they need is just that one extra pep talk.
0: Cult it up, cult it up, cult it up now.
1: And I and also it's just proof alone. This guy, he was an unremarkable student. He drifted through life, dropped out of high school and got the Chinese equivalent of a GED, worked a bunch of menial jobs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just unremarkable life. And then on his 41st birthday, he pulled it together and he achieved greatness. Like that just let it be a lesson out there. You and you can. It doesn't matter how late you are. You you can get in. Don't feel like you missed the boat. You can you can still
0: start a cult on your forty first birthday. For the next two years, he traveled throughout China, giving lectures and teaching his methodologies. From the Falun Dafa, he quickly began amassing a rabid following. During the late nineteen eighties and early nineteen nineties, China saw a huge uptick in Qigong. So, what is Qigong? What is
2: a Qigong? Qi Gong refers to either a singular form of exercise or a systematic practice, either in form of movement or simply with tranquility, centered with Qi. What is Qi then? Qi is a very important term for Chinese culture, for traditional Chinese medicine, particularly for Daoist medicine. As the saying goes, Ren huo equals qi. A human being essentially lives on qi. We human beings come from qi and we back to qi. So our physical body is actually not that important because our life vitality is cheaply above the, you know, inner qi. So to practice qigong means to enhance your qi, to strengthen your qi, to better your qi, to circulate to your qi. We say qi in a special situation, we need a certain medicine. Very much, we should have a very good way of a diet. But in the long run, in the fundamental way, so how to enhance your chi? that's priority.
1: So, you know, pretty that seems pretty harmless so far. Like I, I, I can get behind that. I mean, it's like, you know, the text on the screen was when he was saying that was, was uh medicine is not as good as food. I feel like uh, in some ways I can agree with that. And in some ways I feel like that's slightly a dangerous sentiment, but ultimately harmless just talking about sort of meditation and mindfulness and, you know, communicating with the energies around you, like totally fine. I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah, sounds pretty good. Uh, let's watch this next clip.
3: The strangest thing David took me to see in China, was here in Beijing, at Purple Bamboo Park. If you can believe that there is an energy called Qi flowing through the body, that it can be felt and manipulated, then perhaps you can see why some Chinese go one step further. They call this teacher Master Shir, and he tells his new students, come here every morning at dawn for three years, and then I'll know you're serious three years right and that's just the beginning yes but i'm warning you bill what master sure claims he can do just doesn't look real come out master Shur will tell you he just used cheat to throw his <laughs> dude this is where a lot of the chinese stories come
0: if you can't tell, tell from listening to this this is one of those like bullshit like psychic martial arts things where you know People like basically roll over for the master in order to perpetuate the the teaching. And it's, uh, it's him like gently nudging a guy and the dude like flying backwards.
1: Yeah. It's like an old, it's, it's actually kind of funny because it's like not what you're, partic- it's not what you're thinking where like they're just a bunch of dudes like dress, they're just wearing like members only jackets. It's like, it's like a bunch of, like i like i said before it just looks like a bunch of dads uh in a park somewhere and uh they're they're practicing this this chi uh martial arts meditation style and uh they have this old master who's this old dude and he's wearing like a, a members only style jacket and he's got one of those like golf caps on and as a younger guy who comes up and like kind of tries to punch him or puts his fist up it up and then the old guy like grabs his fist and then he just like he just like barely moves and then the guy gets like thrown across the room um and it, it gets it, it we're getting into this thing uh this like f- uh fake martial arts phenomenon that existed in like the 70s and 80s um but we, we should probably we should do a whole episode about this but like there's there's a yeah there's all these like, these, like, martial arts, like, magical martial arts guru people that that cropped up. And, you know, some of them are, are Chinese, some of them are American, um, but they're these dudes that just claim to have these, like, magical martial arts abilities to harness chi and things like that. And they basically have these dojos that practice in this fake martial arts. And it's, like, either either all their disciples are just, like, in on the kayfabe, or they're just, like, so dedicated to thinking that it's real that they're almost, like, hypnotized. And so people will come in, like, these guys, these, like, American dudes. I don't know who these guys are, but they come in. Yeah, these, these like, journalists, they come in and they watch. And then, like, these young dudes just let this guy throw them around. And they're just, like, they're just, you know, they're flinging themselves across the room. They're They're pretending like he's, like shooting them with energy or whatever and once again i don't know whether they're just in on the kayfabe or if they're just so they're so indoctrinated into thinking that this is real that they they're just like you know they're just like it's like a psychosomatic thing i I, you know i don't know but it's it's really fascinating
0: after its initial introduction the teachings of li hongzhi were accepted by the communist party that was in control and even held up as a shining example of qigong They were recognized by the state-run Chia Qigong Scientific Research Center. Li was deemed to be a Qigong master and was authorized to teach nationwide. He spent the next two years teaching his philosophies and was even given multiple awards by the People's Republic of China. Tensions rose across the board, though, in 1996 as Falun Gong's popularity skyrocketed. Most people think that this was largely due to the fact that the Falun Gong was free, or largely free version of qigong. Qigong masters accused Lee of undercutting them and ruining the industry standards. The Chinese government was approached by Lee looking to enter into a joint venture, which he eventually spurned. So now we're going to watch this Falun Gong exercise tape. So basically, qigong is like a it's like an exercise movement that really took a hold in in the, the 1980s and 90s in China and and Lee basically is like the uh the Richard Simmons of cult leaders. Yeah, and and as as that kind of alluded
1: to, um, the Chinese government would sort of like bolster these guys uh, because basically, you know, the these these dudes who uh, you know ran ran these like these like qigong dojos and exhibited th- uh, this style. Uh, it sort of like bolstered the culture of China, so the Chinese government would like really would like loved these guys, and they would like give they would like give them money and and you know give them publicity because they're they're basically just disseminating Chinese culture you know throughout the country and and upholding traditional Chinese values. Um, so that's why these dudes sitting there pretending to like blast people with chi would literally get like state sponsorships. Exercise
3: 1. Conjoin the hands. Maitreya stretching his back. Stretch. Tathagata pouring energy into the top of his head. Press the hands together. Turn the hands as if holding a ball. Hands pointing to heaven and earth. Stretch. <laughs>
0: So it's, this is Li Hongzhi on a green screen wearing the yellow traditional Chinese outfit from earlier, performing Qigong in the least dynamic way possible. Yeah, you would never in a million years
1: look at this and be like, yeah, this guy goes on to start a cult. Relax. Press the hands together.
3: Two dragons diving into the sea. Stretch
1: Relax. Press the hands together. Yeah, this is this is just like, this is just the Chinese version of, there was this exercise tape that was at a friend of mine's house because he lived in his grandma's house and his grandma had this tape from back in the 80s. And it was called Silver Foxes. And it was an exercise tape where it was a bunch of the moms and dads of movie stars. So like it was like Al Pacino's mom and then like. <laughs> and Pacino. Yeah, it was like it was like Al Pacino's mom and then like Warren Beatty's mom and a bunch of other ones. And it was just like exercises for old people. This is, and this is just that. This
0: is just the Chinese equivalent of that. From 1996 to 1999, the Chinese government stopped supporting widespread Falun Gong and Qigong practices. In June of 1996, the Guangming Daily, a state-run newspaper, published a screed condemning the organization and practices as feudal superstition. By 1999, the state sports commission stated that there were close to 70 million Falun Gong practitioners in China. Is this true? Who knows? The number does appear in both the Falun Gong and state-run newspaper sources. However, it's thought that the real number might be somewhere around 2 million, but 70 million was, you know... Cold War-like agreed-upon figure to stroke fear on both sides of the debate style stuff. Eventually, and this is a massive oversimplification, Lee and his Falun Gong followers were driven out of China and took up a life as expatriates in residence in New York. What does someone who leads a cult and enjoys wearing hella comfy pajamas do with their free time? They start a performance dance troupe, obviously. And you know, it, it just just to just
1: to like put a put a a pin on that, or kind of dry, kind of put a, a punctuation mark at the end of that. Um, essentially, what I was talking about that a lot of these practitioners of these sort of traditional um, th- these these meditation practices that were tied to traditional uh, traditional Chinese culture were sort of bolstered by the Chinese government. But at this point in the nineties. Uh, they suddenly sort of like had a, a change of heart of that. And I don't know whether it was like because of the ballooning number of people that were sort of into it and they saw, almost saw it as like a threat of like, oh, these organizations are like growing all these members and there's millions of people that are following these people. Suddenly they weren't interested in supporting them anymore. And then they sort of like almost did, a, did an about face and started saying that they were like clinging on to feudal – uh, superstition they they just completely changed their position on it and so effectively at this time in the 1990s they made it illegal to practice uh pra- to practice this in public so like you just you legally weren't allowed to go out and do these dances and if and if you and if you were if you were caught doing it you'd be arrested by 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 the state it's a whole lot of footloose going on over there yeah it's a, it's a full full country of footloose escape from escape from planet footloose yeah just the fucking just uh what's his name um god damn what is his name i was just talking about him yesterday i was talking about how he john lithgow i was just talking with my with my wife yesterday about how he looks the exact same age now in that in that show the old man with jeff bridges as he looked in the 90s in in third rock from the sun
0: you know all i've got to say to you right now all I've got to say to you right now, Spandrew, is dance while you can, the monkey boy. Yeah,
1: I mean, who who didn't know that that was coming? But, uh, but anyway, yeah, he—that
0: was a Buckaroo Banzai reference for anybody who didn't get it. John Lithgow plays the main antagonist in Buckaroo Banzai. Dance while you can, the f- monkey boy is a very famous line based on a costume fitter that John Lithgow worked with at Universal, and so he had he had that costume fitter record all of his dialogue. Into a tape machine, and he had a very thick Italian accent. And so, for for the sake of the performance of the character, he was playing an alien. He named John Warfen. Yeah, uh, is that his name? That's not his name. Uh, what the fuck is his character's name? He 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 said all of his characters' in dialogue in a weird pseudo Italian accent. One of his most iconic lines in the in the film is "Dance while you can, the monkey boy."
1: He also played uh dick the patriarch and main character of the sitcom third rock from the sun from the 90s where a family of aliens crash lands on earth to study humanity they form a sort of domestic family unit and experience the uh, daily mundanities of human living through the lens of uh, other people and uh it's the greatest uh, sitcom that's ever been created
4: dance while you
1: can a monkey boy uh, yes but all that to say John Lithgow was was the leading China I mean the, the joke has been long buried at this point but that was what I was gonna say dance while you can a
0: monkey boy <laughs> Act 2, cults in an elevator, dancing it up while we're throwing down. Shen Yun was founded in 2006 and carried out its first tour in 2007 with roughly 90 dancers in their troupe. Before communism, China had a glorious past.
3: What if you could bring it back? Since 2006, Shen Yun has been reviving the essence of Chinese civilization, deeply rooted in ancient values like compassion, honesty, and faith. Yet decades of destruction, deceit, and violence have nearly destroyed a nation's values, along with its own identity. So how do you revive what has been lost in today's China? At the core of Shen Yun is an ancient art form, classical Chinese dance. classical Chinese dance, movement begins with the heart. This characteristic makes classical Chinese dance richly expressive and unparalleled in storytelling. Shen Yun's original music blends east and west and we preserve traditional techniques throughout our production. Our artists follow the principles of truth, compassion, and tolerance. This brings a greater depth to our art. Every year, Shenyun premieres a completely new production with new stories, new costumes, new music, and new choreography. This undertaking is only possible with the devotion of each and every artist, for in our hearts is a mission greater than us all. Join us to reclaim the beauty, wisdom, humor and drama of 5000 years
1: so so i i have three things to say first of all though those those dances and the costume the costuming and the choreography are actually all beautiful it's uh
0: they're fucking badass
1: yeah, it's it's really it's really amazing. Um also um uh, the the voice, the the narrator of that, which obviously is just some white guy that they hired. Um I don't know what it is, but there's a very particular type of voiceover and maybe it's just maybe it's just the same guy. Like you know how the movie narrator voiceover guy was just the same guy for years and then he died and then another guy now does all the movie voiceovers. Like I don't know if maybe it's the same guy, but there's that it, that has the very particular aesthetic of a straight-to-video Christian movie, like from some weird religious production company. Like it, that's just what that sounded like. Um, but I, I just wanted to quickly touch on this before we get into this, because I just really want to hammer it home. Just the, the 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 strange convalescence of things coming together in this story, because it really it's it, it's just really bizarre. It's it's very bizarre. Um, so you know you have. You have uh, the these people, the the Falun Dong, who uh, are practicing this this chi meditative dance style, and um, the, the the Chinese Communist Party views these groups of people as a threat for you know reasons that aren't exactly pinpointed, but could you know you could say that like they saw the the these they saw this adherence to Chinese culture as like a threat to uh, communist progressive ideals. And I don't necessarily say pr- progressive necessarily in a positive way. Just this idea of like moving forward to a new form of governance that that didn't traditionally exist in the country. Um, and they maybe saw it as a threat of like, you know, you guys, you know, basically this idea of like, you guys are trying to keep us back here. We want to sort of bring everybody over here to this new thing and this this adherence to culture is a threat to that. So they,, uh, because of this, they essentially, as we were joking about before, they make dancing illegal in all of China. Uh, and I don't I don't mean all dancing, but just this specific type of movement, of body movement. And so they don't obviously don't like this at all. And they hold a massive grudge against the Chinese Communist Party because of this. They move to the United States to, to New York City. They start this dance troupe. And in this trailer we just watched, you see the beginnings of this thing where, as we're gonna learn, Shenyan uh, is very anti-communist. Um, and you know whatever, whatever you think of communism, or whatever your thoughts are on these governing systems, Uh, The reality of the situation is that a majority of their of their uh, dislike of communism is specifically tied to this grudge they have against the government for making them stop doing their their body movement cult, basically. Um, So we see the beginnings of this weird traditional this traditionalist rhetoric of like before communism moved into the country. China had values and culture and all these things and the way that that is going to intermingle with very specific political circumstances happening in the United in the United States over the years and the and what it essentially leads to is just it's it's probably one of the weirdest things that's ever happened in the history of the world
0: the other thing that I want to touch on before we move too far ahead is like can you imagine what it would be like to be one of these dancers like you go to school you're you know Dedicating your life to this very narrow window where your body can actually perform your chosen art form. You only have a certain number of years that you're physically capable of doing these things, these elaborate moves with your knees and your elbows and your shoulders and your hips before they just, you know, just get thrashed and you have to become a dance teacher in a strip mall in fucking Encino. And you get this huge opportunity. You're going to be a part of this traveling dance troupe. You're going to go all over the world. You're going to be given accolades and you're going to be compensated well and paid for your time. And then you have to make the Sophie's choice of, do you want to do this and be able to live your dream, but know that you're contributing to a highly damaging cult? or do you want to not take this opportunity and maybe not, you know, have the maybe not be able to use, you know, practice your art form ever to this degree at this level. That that truly is like a terrifying uh predicament. It's so scary to me. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I
1: want to congratulate you on uh working Sophie's choice into your vocabulary so that you can you can sort of like get it so that you could, you know, you you—it's like you use use a use a word enough, and then you'll—I
0: know what a Sophie's choice is. I I know this is a reference. I know this is a reference to when we worked in the office together, and I misspoke once and got the Sophie's choice wrong. But I know what a Sophie's choice is. <laughs> I know what a Sophie's choice is.
1: Well, I mean, well, history says otherwise, but. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that that I mean and then that really is I think that you know that's that really is what it is. It's like in this you know kind of going back to the 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 Foxcatcher Farms episode and this idea of like Hey, you know, there's there's no funding for Olympic wrestling in the United States. Like if you want to be an Olympic wrestler in the United States, like you're just fucked because nobody gives a shit about it. Like if you live in if you live in 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 Russia, in the Soviet Union, like they're just like paying, they're just subsidizing wrestling. But if you live here, like there's just nothing. You could like go live on this weird guy's compound and he'll just give you access to unlimited money and resources and you can live your life following your dream of being a wrestler and have your and have your whole life subsidized in that way. But you have to go live on this weird creepy guy's farm who's just like holds his wife at gunpoint for no reason and is like just a really strange creepy guy that you just do not want to be alone with. And it's that exact same thing where it's like there's a ton of money here. We're going to stage these elaborate productions that are just like Broadway level, if not beyond that, just like these these productions that like rival like dance dance productions that were put on for emperors in the fucking 17th century or some shit. But you have to, like, be in a cult, a weird anti-communist cult that's just mad at the government because they wouldn't let them
0: dance. They're just a bunch of Kevin Bacons. Truly, Shen Yun is the Kevin Bacon, the collective Kevin Bacon of China. Shen Yun is a traditional Chinese dance troupe that tells morality plays ripped from the pages of China's past and brought to the present for modern audiences. Their tagline, reviving 5,000 years of Chinese civilization, says it all, doesn't it? Well, it's not quite that simple. It's the touring and cultural outreach group for the Falun Gong, after all, so it's going to get weird. Think Cirque du Soleil meets Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, but with, like, way more anti-communist messages. In one musical number, the performers sing lyrics like, Atheism and evolution are deadly ideas. Modern trends destroy what makes us human. In one musical number, it even goes as far as to feature a red tsunami threatening to destroy the world and an earthquake that is caused by the faces of Karl Marx and Chairman Mao. Today, Shenyun boasts six touring troops made up of roughly 40 dancers each. They're all trained at the Fei Tan Academy, which is situated on the Falun Gong estates in New York. So another weird aspect of this situation that we haven't quite touched on is there are all these rumors of organ harvesting which is kind of terrifying i don't know that i fully believe all of them but i figured we should touch on it and mention that there's like pseudo credible accusations that they've kidnapped people and harvested organs from them which is like a whole other level of terrifying like no no you don't understand we 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 bought organs from
1: churches for our theater we just bought a bunch of organs it was it was a classic a classic game of telephone. You know, it just got lost in translation. We just bought a bunch of organs. It takes a lot of organs to put on a to stage a dance sequence like this. You haven't you know how many organs you need? We go through like 10 organs a day.
0: <laughs> uh but in response to the rise of the Shenyun meme thing that happened maybe ten years ago online, uh Shenyun has started Kind of making they 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 started their own kind of cultural outreach and internet persona developing. Uh, so they've they've started their own YouTube channel. They they post videos under puppet YouTube channels. It's very it's a very strange very strange situation. Um, yeah, let's let's watch this propaganda that was posted on the Shenyun official YouTube account.
4: One Westerner's fascination with traditional Chinese culture took him to China, but the experience didn't live up to his expectations. It was only after he returned to the U.S. did he find the true China he had dreamed about in a most unexpected place. We sit down with Jared Matson to hear his story. Reading Chinese philosophy isn't exactly the norm for most Americans, but Jared Matson is a rare exception. For him, traditional Chinese culture isn't something too remote or irrelevant. Instead, the the ancient wisdom in it gave him new perspective.
5: So when I was in high school, I already started to learn Chinese and I started to learn about traditional Chinese culture. I was very fascinated. It, it just seemed to talk about things that I'd never even imagined about Confucianism and Taoism. And then I went to China. I went to China in 1994.
4: But the trip didn't go according to plan.
5: It seemed right the very moment I landed in China, it was a wake up call. Oh, this is a communist society. This is not this anymore. Honestly, I was incredibly disappointed and it was very disheartening, I suppose.
4: The experience didn't measure up to his expectations, but eventually Matson found what he had thought was a lost cause, not in Beijing, but in New York. White is he is now a Master of Ceremonies for US-based classical Chinese dance company Shen Yun. He says that's where he discovered the true China before it was tainted by the Communist Party.
5: Then I heard about Shen Yun and I came to Shenyun and I thought, this is this is exactly what I had been interested in from the get-go. And then we can portray it on stage, things that I'd been thinking about, only trying to imagine what it was like in my head. And then I get to see it on stage, I get to see people portray these roles. I, I was blown away. I'd had to be part of the shenyun.
4: The classical Chinese dance style Shenyun performs in is an antiquity dating back at least three thousand years to the grand courts of Chinese emperors. And from that ancient tradition, Matson found answers that modern science and technology couldn't give him. Why do you think it's important to have this push for authentic?
1: Yeah. So yeah, this this is this is posted on their the Shenyun YouTube channel. But the just the truly the diabolical thing about this is that, I mean, if you're hearing that you I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, blame you for thinking that that was like a news packet from like an actual news source. But they've like shot this to seem like it's like a news uh, segment from something. But it's all but it's like it's kayfabe. It's just it's a video that they shot from a not a news uh, organization. With not a news anchor, just some random part of, you know, one of the, like, maybe one of the dancers. uh, Who knows? And they've just exactly made it seem like some kind of news segment. So that if you stumble across this, it's, it's like you said, it's literal propaganda. You see this and you're like, oh, it's, like, some kind of news piece about how communism is bad or whatever. But all it is is just, like, a
0: video that they shot in their fucking theater. It's so weird. It's, they even have, like, the, like pop in black and white B-roll footage with voiceover over it. They even have like, you know, them sitting in a well-lit like pseudo library looking room. Like it's just so weird that it's, it's like, we're a, we're a legitimate news show and we definitely news because news and they shoot the opening in like a, in a, a faux green screen newsroom and like the interview, the interviewer is just like, yeah, I, as a Westerner, I really wanted the Chinese to just be like for 3000 years ago. But I got there and there were cars. That was horrible. <laughs>
1: that, was, that, that It makes no sense. He's like. Yeah, I just thought I, I got became interested in China and I went there and it wasn't like it wasn't like fucking the past. It was just like our country, but just China. And then I came back and I saw people putting on plays that were set 3000 years ago. And I was like, this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see I wanted to go back in time. Fucking
0: ridiculous! Fucking ridiculous!
1: And he's just some guy too. <laughs> he's the his the 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 Chiron under his name. It just says whatever his name is, MC at Shenyun. Like he's he's the MC. Like he just he's the guy that's that just announces the fucking show. And they they're
0: interviewing him for some reason. The Falun Gong and Shenyun seem like they're pretty benign, though, right? They're just a standard run-of-your-mill crazy people cult proselytizing the end of the world, right? kind of, but they also do this bullshit.
6: So the Epoch Times is a conservative news outlet. They have newspapers and they have a website. And what you'll see is very pro Trump conservative, ultra conservative content. Um, It's come up in 2016 as a real player in the conservative ecosystem. Before then, it was really known as just a Chinese language newspaper that was associated with Falun Gong. And Falun Gong, it's a movement, it's a religious spiritual movement that's headed by uh, a man named uh, Master Li Hongzhu. Master Li lives in Dragon Springs, New York. He lives upstate, and he is the head of this religion. So all the people in this religion have to volunteer their time at one of the media arms. Now there's the Epoch Times, and that's the newspaper. And then there is NDTV, and that's the television component and the video component. And then there's Shen Yun. And Shen Yun, if you've seen the ubiquitous advertisements everywhere. It's a um, traditional Chinese dance troupe with a very anti-communist China uh, message. So the whole point of all of these things, whether it's the Epoch Times or Shen Yun, is to relay this message that the end of the world is coming. If you are aligned with communism, you will go to a sort of hell. And if you are not aligned with communism, if you align yourself with Falun Gong, then you will be spared and you will go to heaven. So it's sort of an apocalyptic sort of cult, not unlike a lot of religions, but what makes it interesting is that they're using their money to really back Trump, and they're aligning themselves with evangelicals and um, just you know conservatives on the internet to really push a pro-Trump message, and it really seems to be working. They have um, gone from a really fledgling newspaper where no one was really reading it, it cost a dollar, sometimes it was free on the streets of New York, and now they are everywhere. Their senior editors were in Trump Tower earlier this year interviewing Laura Trump, they're at CPAC. They're interviewing congressmen, um, celebrities like you know Diamond and Silk and Candace Owens and Ted Cruz. They're really coming up in the conservative movement, and it's important to know who's behind this. You know, something else they've done that's really interesting lately, and why we started looking at them is they started um, buying Facebook ads. They've spent 1.5 million dollars on 11,000 Facebook ads this year alone, and all of the ads are very pro trump but they also push a conspiratorial message and falun gong itself is uh really interesting because it started in the 1990s it started in china and it was headed by uh, master Li. and master Li sort of um came up with this new practice it uh was a little bit of mysticism
0: we can basically stop here this is all the stuff we've already done now don't mansplain us we already fucking talked about this shit <laughs> so yeah i i feel like everybody saw Epoch Times stuff during the 2020 election, but I don't know that everybody knows what it is or where it comes from or what the kind of like connections are. So I figured we should probably talk about that. So Epoch Times is a, the propaganda newspaper wing of the Falun Gong. They're pretty, you know, a right-wing anti-communist uh, thing that I I mean, I, I've seen it around for a long time, but I'd never really read it because I was like, it's just like a fucking free newspaper, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, during the lead up to the 2020 elections, it was like every five minutes there was a new crazier and crazier Epoch Times story that was getting passed around. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, the truly crazy
1: thing is prior to the year 2020, and it's funny because I said said Epoch Times earlier, and I'll explain that in a second, but the Epoch Times – was I, I've I've been aware of the Epoch Times for years. And at first the Epoch Times was basically like if you ever are in a slightly hippie ish city and you go to a street corner and you see those little machines, those little those little things where you open it up and take papers out and they're just like free papers or whatever, there will be an Epoch Times one. And uh you know I saw Epoch Times papers all the time when I when I lived in Santa Cruz, California um and i've seen them in other places uh and and then after after that um then they went into the stage where like you would see epoch times articles shared by people in like facebook groups and things like that that were like these weird doomsday predictions, saying that like a meteor was going to hit the Earth or whatever, and it was an article on the Epoch Times because um, because they they're like a doomsday cult and they 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 talk about all these like apocalyptic prophecies and things. Um, so you would see these 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 boge- these like hoax articles saying that we were the world was going to end, and then something truly bizarre happened in 2020 and not as biz- not as bizarre if you just weren't aware of the Epoch Times but if you knew what the Epoch Epoch Times was truly bizarre which is in 2020 in like starting around April, May, somewhere around that time the Epoch Times rebranded itself Started calling itself as the started calling itself the Epic Times to get rid of the um, conspiracy doomsday connotation of the word Epoch, and they hired a bunch of white bookish looking dudes to be on their editorial staff. And I started getting these ads for for Epoch Time for the Epoch Times with these dudes that look like you and me. Being like, did you know that, uh, you know, in in 2011, Hillary Clinton uh, fucking defrauded the American people or whatever? Just like some, like, just like classic, like, alt-right talking points. Coming from these, like, bookish-looking white guys with glasses and suits. And, it, I mean, it was literally like, it was, you could almost say that maybe, like, The Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro, like, l- took a page out of this book. And, like, use this strategy for far greater success. But I started seeing those ads for that version of the Epic Times or the Epoch Times in 2020. And it was surreal. I was like, this fucking weird conspiracy theory doomsday cult paper? They're, they've now branded themselves as, like, a, a far-right conservative truth magazine. And I, I would get those ads in front of every single video on YouTube for months. And it was very specifically like far right conservative, and the ads didn't really paint it as pro Trump because I think they were trying to pro- they were trying to project themselves as like we're like an alternative news source that tells the truth or whatever. But it was very clearly like far right conservative and like anti Democrat and like hard anti communist, which is what I went back to before, which is like there is there there's this weird convalescence of 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 interests where you have the Falun Gong and Shenyun, who have this anti-communism stance based on their traditional values in China and they saw this opportunity in 2020 where they were like oh shit like these people hate communism more than we do maybe if we like wiggle our way into this community we can get bigger and we can spread our mes- message even further so they just spun- spent a ton of money on YouTube advertising hired these like white dudes to be the face of the company as these like young millennial conservative reporters and they just started spreading a bunch of like alt right conservative propaganda i mean they they had they did this one thing where they had this like exclusive interview on the epoch times youtube channel with some uh woman who like ha- was like had an eyewitness account that like the fucking CoVID19 was like a man-made virus that was purposely spread into the world. Like it, like
0: they just they just they saw this opportunity and they just fucking grabbed it. Based in New York City and part of the Shell corporations named Epoch Media Group, it's literally a puppet organization run by the Falun Gong. It's such a frustrating reading experience, in fact, that it's actually blocked in mainland China. Okay, that's not true. It's just censored there. In 2019, a report conducted by NBC found the Epoch Times to be the second largest pro-Trump Facebook campaign advertiser on the globe. They played a vital role in his 2016 victory. They successfully harnessed animus to set American upon American, and they continue to do so today. Here's an excerpt from an Atlantic article written by Simon Van Zwelenwood. The Epoch Times was founded in 2000 by John
1: Tang, an Atlanta-based follower of the Chinese spiritual movement Falun Gong whose members you might have seen doing meditative exercises in parks, and whose living messiah is Li Hongzhi, a cherubic-faced man generally shown wearing dark suits. The movement, which claims to have millions of adherents, encourages believers to abandon lust, greed, alcohol, and other worldly attachments. Some of the more unusual characteristics of its outlook include a distrust of medical doctors and a belief in malevolent, earth-roaming aliens who created impious technology such as video games. In 1999, the Chinese government concluded that Falun Gong was growing too popular. Beijing labeled the movement a cult and suppressed it. But Falun Gong flourished among the Chinese diaspora, and its teachings took on a fervent anti-communist bent. The Epoch Times has sought to maintain a certain distance from Falun Gong, and its right-wing politics come across at first glance as no more cultish than those of the Reverend Sun Myung Moon's old Washington Times. For a decade and a half, the paper's affiliation, like its politics, hardly mattered. Even as it established outposts around the world, now in 36 countries, the Epoch Times occupied a position of near-irrelevance. Its name, absurdly redundant, managed to sound dull and bogus at once. I've walked by Epoch Times newspaper vending machines on countless occasions, never pausing to grab a copy. Each display was an anti-Pandora's box, stifling any curiosity to open it. Recently, though, Balmakov started showing up in everybody's social media feeds. The paper had begun supporting Donald Trump, and in 2019, the Epoch Times had launched itself into the higher echelons of conservative media. By the end of that year, according to Facebook, the newspaper, together with a network linked to the Epoch Media Group, which publishes the Epoch Times, had spent some $11 million in advertising on the platform. Republican A-listers appeared on its YouTube shows, right-wing pundits in its print pages. Its web traffic spiked. The Epoch Times can currently claim the most popular Apple newspaper app in the country. The New York Times is number two. The newspaper was distinguishable from more inflammatory outlets by its staid prose and original reporting, and by offering features such as recipe and a goopish lifestyle section. The affiliated television network, New Tang Dynasty, with 30 million Facebook followers, has the sterile look of a satellite news channel you might find on TV in a European hotel. Watching, I'd sometimes zone out to a human interest story about synthetic hamburgers, or to the weather report. But there was no predicting when the content would get weird. Hyper suspicious of centralized government, it takes the notion of the deep state for granted. It has extensively promoted the false claim that the Obama administration spied on Trump's 2016 campaign, which segues neatly into its refusal to accept the legitimacy of Biden's victory. Doppelganger sites such as Vision Times and America Daily, reportedly launched by or populated with former Epoch Times figures, have leavened far-right content with gentler offerings about, say, classical Chinese paintings. A series on the occult, Edge of Wonder, became a firehose of content about QAnon, amplifying its foundational proposition that Washington is run by a pedophile cabal. The show, which was produced by NTD but later claimed to be independent, was recently scrubbed from YouTube. The Epoch Times has denied any involvement with these sites. Last summer, I became a print subscriber to The Epoch Times for $16.90 a month. The paper is delivered to my home every Wednesday. I notice at the back of each issue a deadly new installment in an 18-part series on the far-reaching tentacles of communism. From installment number seven, as expounded previously, sexual chaos is also an innate feature of communist ideology. Beginning in 2020, the Epoch Times gained new resonance. For years, its anti-communism had seemed oddly beside the point. Then a deadly pandemic emerged in China, where the government muzzled whistleblowers and covered up the virus's early spread. They've been waiting for so long to find some large-scale evidence of the abject villainy of China, one former NTD employee told me. Now COVID comes along and checks off all the boxes. Suddenly, the Epoch Times wall-to-wall coverage of the CCP virus was being amplified across the American right. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who recently sat for an interview with the paper, pushed the hatch in the lab theory.
0: Trump called the virus a real bad present from China. I mean, the the thing that's so crazy to me is that I feel like the other outgrowths of cults in the States, like Scientology or, you know, Mormonism or, uh, you know, media entities that are connected with those various organizations. What would you say? <laughs> Entity? Um, I feel like culturally we have a better understanding that they're connected to a cult, you know? Even if, like, a certain percentage of people don't know that, there's... There's just an ingrained understanding that like Scientology was created here and it had a not so reputable origination point where because this comes from foreign nationals uh, and its history is kind of obscured via uh, immigration and, and language barriers and a literal other country's political dynamics. I I don't think Americans understand that it's connected to a cult in the same way, Um, which is kind of fascinating to me that, like, even as fast as internet travel or information travels today, there's still the final frontier of kind of, like, context laundering is the language barrier. Yeah, and and as I said before, you know, like, people definitely
1: don't know what the Epoch Times is, Um, and the even more diabolical thing that they did is, like I said before – they like rebranded themselves and hired this like front-facing team of these like bin Shapiro-esque white dudes to, be, <laughs> the, so to funny. be the face of the of the of the organization to make it seem like it was another Daily Wire or InfoWars type place. Or maybe a little bit more tame than InfoWars. I don't think they were trying to come out and seem like that much of a conspiracy theory organization, but like you know what I mean. Um, like they just completely sanitizing and rebranding themselves as a whole different thing so that you had no idea the origins of it at all. And, and then, but then as you, you start to look into it and you're just like, oh, it's just like this, this sort of like far right conservative media organization. But for some reason, like half of their stories are about how the Chinese government is
0: terrible. Interesting. Yeah, it it just happens to be that way. Yeah. Oh, what a what a strange coincidence that just half to seventy percent of the stuff you talk about is like the evil of the Chinese government. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, I remember I, I remember one of the, one of the at one of the YouTube ads that I saw in twenty twenty, and you know I I don't know whether this actually happened or not, and I don't even you know it, it could have been made up, but also maybe it could have been true. I mean, there is there is censorship in 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 China uh, that could have possibly caused this. I, I didn't look into it so I I don't really care. but there was a story where they were ju- there was an ad where they were just like it was one of those dudes, one of one of these like American guys that's like a that's a, supposedly a, a a reporter for the epoch Times and reporting on the fact that one of their Chinese uh f- print factories was raided by the government. uh well, it, it was it was their print factory was vandalized by anonymous vandals. They broke in. And, like, threw a bunch of, like, ink all over a bunch of their papers and, like, damaged their printing, uh, their print presses or whatever. Um, but that they were insinuating or they were speculating that they were, they were like, hired thugs from the Chinese government or th- hired by the Chinese government to do this. Um, and, yeah, that, that was, like – and it's, like, yeah, there's – this ad for epoch times for for some reason they're just reporting on the story
0: of how their factory was attacked by the chinese government yeah the th- the thing that's so weird to me about it is the the fact that it's it's such a blatant thing and a very subtle thing at the same time like it's 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 a weird contradiction how in your face and yet also how kind of like don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain it all is um like cuz you know it's like an, a doomsday cult where they have a literal like demonic lenin like head leering at the audience but then it's also like if you don't know who those people are i mean not th- i don't know how you don't know what lenin looks like but maybe you don't if you don't know who those people are then you're not aware of the story so it's this weird thing of like you're watching a movie on mute and like that's enough for the people who made it which is very interesting to me yeah uh yeah i mean i i, I think that
1: it almost like it, it can't be overstated enough how bizarre this sequence of events is. And it's like it's almost kind of astonishing that it isn't talked about more, Like that it wasn't that it hasn't been a bigger deal in the way that in the way that QAnon became a big deal. And eventually it became a household term that everybody knew about every fucking news organization for Several months there was just like they were publishing a QAnon related story almost every fucking week, um, and it the idea that this like dance troupe that was scorned by the Chinese government in the night in the 1990s and through this weird sequence of events ended up like creating this like propaganda machine for Donald Trump to win the presidency and like deny COVID. The uh, like th- that's just it's so bizarre and and it's so weird and even like and and we're talking about it now and it's not like it's some obscure thing that nobody knows about but like it i feel like it should be a bigger thing like it like it should be a bigger story and almost like even this episode like it you know this 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 almost like downplays it like this should be a six part episode like it's it's that crazy <laughs> it's that crazy of a story i don't i don't know if there's enough twists and turns and events to sustain six episodes but like it it's so crazy that it feels like it should be a bigger event,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. It feels like it we should it feels like culturally there should be like Leah Remini style documentaries about the Falun Gong and how like they fucked us during the 2016 elections culturally. but yeah, and it, like what you were saying before, like Scientology is a big cultural deal
1: in in our country and the world. Like multiple documentaries, hundreds of podcasts that either are are about Scientology or at least do episodes that talk about Scientology, Uh, big sort of like cultural discussion around Scientology. Everybody knows what it is, what the tropes are a lot of the history of what they've done. And this is weirder because the cult is not nearly as big or powerful and they they directly engaged in and arguably debatedly manipulated and influenced a presidential election in a way that Scientology can't even claim that it's done, except for in indirect ways of like donating to super PACs and shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really, it's really surreal that it's not, it's surreal that it, it's happened. And it's also surreal that it's not a larger cultural institution like we're talking about. Like how is there not like a Dateline episode, you know, like or a sixty minutes, you know? We go inside the Dragon Springs compound and talk to the man who spearheaded Trump's secret Facebook elect-winning uh, strategy and blah, blah 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 blah. You know, like, but it's not. No one, no one really, no one really seems to care all that much. Yeah, and it and it, and it all it also just shows it.
1: It also shows that there's just like there there's there's a villain origin story for everything because. Like the idea that the, the fact that it ballooned to this is just absurd and insane. The fact that like there was there was this this group of people that like, yeah, in, in China in the in the 80s and 90s who like, yeah, you could call them a cult. Uh, they never did anything really harmful in the way that some of the worst cults of history have, you know, Jonestown, Shanti Rikyo, actual human casualties abuse, so on and so forth. Um, They were just kind of like hippies who just like danced. And uh, the fact that they were censored by the Chinese government is like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I I don't think that they should have been, I don't think that what they were doing should have been made illegal. Like that that doesn't seem right. Uh, Like like in theory, I'm like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like that you just said that these people just couldn't like do their body movement rituals or whatever, like who gives a fuck? Um, And yet that, long tail string of resentment and the need for revenge eventually they had a there there was a crossroads where in this snowballing path of resentment they cross paths with this other thing that was completely unrelated in geograph geographically historically culturally just a whole different thing and it just happened to line up in just the way that that resulted in this, resulted in this fucking independent propaganda machine, like, debatably influencing a U.S. Pre- pres- presidential election. It's just, it's it's unreal. I'm
0: Dave Baker. And I'm Spandrew Spice. This has been Deep Cuts. You can find me online at heydavebaker.com, where you can... Pre-order my new book, Halloween Boy, which I just got notice from the printer is going to be at my house on Friday. So I'm going to be sending those bad boys out. So if you want one, go to the website and pre-order it. Spandrew, where can people find you on the Internet? You can find me appearing in a YouTube ad that plays before the
1: the, the new the the cooking tutorial that you're going to watch tomorrow, in which I covertly advertise a seemingly legit newspaper that's actually a secret propaganda arm for a improv group um, that was scorned because the Upright Citizens Brigade kicked them out for for uh, getting naked on stage too much. And uh, you, can all, you can't all you can find me on social media because I don't use social media. But if you want to pay your respects to your dear, beloved, sweet Papa Pricey, you can get his book, Dead Bull AI Private Eye, by going to his website, dapricewrites.com. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook, the Deep Cuts Podcast. You can join our Facebook group, Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group. We talk about the show. We make memes. You can also join our Discord, bit.ly.com slash Discord. It's another community where we talk about the show, make memes. We also talk about other stuff in the Discord. You can follow us on Instagram, at Deep Cuts Pod. You can follow us on TikTok, at Mystery Treehouse. You can go to our website, DeepCutsPod.com. Click on the shop. You can get shirts, hats, so on and so forth with cool Deep Cuts graphics. You can get our Mystery Treehouse Junior Sleuth shoulder patch and... There's like there's like two Simple Code tape comics left. So if you want to get a hi-fi cassette tape release of our Napster musical, nine original songs about the rise and fall of Napster, a pop-punk Odyssey concept album that's bundled with a five-page full-color comic book about the misadventures of Andrew, Dave, Hillsborough, and Zero, written by Papa Pricey, drawn by Brandon Nebbett. Cover Colors by Shannon Willett, $13.99, $12.99 actually. We have like two more. And once they're ordered, probably not going to be any more of them for the foreseeable future. So scoop them up.